listening to Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Because no good podcast starts with a salad. Hello, lover. Hello, darling. with I, I think might be my favorite episode yet and how better of a way to start off a new year that is a good point yeah i didn't you know i well is this our first episode after yeah new happy Holy new God. year guys happy new year yeah last time we were uh, recording we were in panic mode for christmas that is true i did not even realize that time flies it sure does especially when the holiday panic has hit yes that is true <laughs> <laughs> especially when the week before christmas you're not in town and you have to make up for that last minute shopping that we do every single year even more last minute and try to be proactive and get more things done prior to the last I weekend. I was going to say, we did pretty good of getting most of We did. That, the best year yet when it came to, but we also cheated. We did a lot more online shopping. Thank God for Prime. And then wrestled around with hot chicks instead of going to our usual tilted kilt. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen. It was awesome. But I think we already told you guys about all that. Why don't you let them know what our beverage our of spirit? I guess uh, it is choice a, yes. is. We we have spirits rolling. Uh, the same whiskey we told you guys about before, and uh, I, I got some clear, and I mean crystal clear ice balls that I took some pictures of and I'm going to put on our Facebook page. There is a, you know, like the crystal ice ball makers. They do not make crystal clear ice. If you guys have ever tried, you can boil it. You can add salt. Not that you would. I'm just making things up now, but you can like, there's nothing out there that works. You can use distilled water. It's still cloudy. The only true way to make clear ice is the cooler method where you like leave it in there freezing and you force all the impurities out before it freezes all the way. You pull the top off and then you cut it and all that jazz. Well, this company utilized that technology and incorporated the ice ball molds. So it forces the impurities out as it freezes and it's actually in like its own little quasi cooler, if you will. So when it when they when they come out, they are crystal clear. So cool. Takes about twenty four hours per two ice balls. But if you build up a little stock, totally worth it. They are on point. And you know you gotta shout out, thank you, Russian hacker for crazy Russian yes. hacker. His crazy kitchen gadgets that he always is reviewing and. I, I can't even come close to saying I've seen all his videos because he has like a oh, million. Oh, no, because I found the, the clear ice video and showed you. Well, those so. were a new one. That yeah. was a new episode. Oh, it was but yeah, new? He, he does okay. like two new episodes a day or something crazy. It's awesome. Because he's crazy, Russian hacker. But that guy is amazing. And yeah, he did that episode. And I was like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> and then I was like on Amazon as she was talking about him. I'm like, I found it, ordering it. Let's go. I love it. They turned out gorgeous they really did 
But we are company. not as gorgeous as you, my love. Oh, not as gorgeous as so you. Yes, so sweet to me. <laughs> but we are trying out a new beer tonight because oh, we were gifted it for Christmas. Have to give it a little taste. It is by the Pollyanna Brewing Company, and they are actually local to Illinois, so they're from Lamont. Ooh. And this is a fun-sized milk stout. You're not you when you're thirsty, so satisfy that craving with this fun-sized treat. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm a little skeptical about the whole orange peel in the beer. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I've been sniffing. It smells almost chocolatey. It, well, it's a fun-sized candy, so like a so chocolate bar. So there is bar. chocolate as well. Yeah. Okay. But the bottle's covered in orange peels, so. So intrigued. And I like milk stout. I do. All right. Let's let's give her a taste of root. Cheers. Cheers. Ting. It's like a Tootsie Roll. It tastes. I was trying to put my finger on it. It is a Tootsie Roll in beverage form. Yep. I don't taste the orange peel. Nope. But and it does taste like a Tootsie Roll. It is a straight Tootsie Roll. Sweet and sick. It, it is a liquid Tootsie freaking roll. That, <laughs> that I song? Wow. Something, something, sweet and roll. Let me see that tootsie roll. To the left, to the left, to the right, to the right. No slide, baby, slide. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I don't know the words, but I was just going with that, and I do remember that song. Well, yeah, I skated my heart out to that shit. Me too. Funway, good old Funway. I think we mentioned Funway before with the old sleepovers and all that. Oh, yeah. That was the place to be. It was the coolest. So, do you have any pre-topics to discuss? Mm, only that I'm super excited because since we're already, like, mid-January? No, we're not mid-January. I mean, we still have four full weeks of January ahead of us. I don't know how you figure that because today's the 6th. Right. So, and at least a week down, basically. No. No, no. We have uh, like four full weeks minus a Saturday. <laughs> There's All right. Well, anyways. We have like, I, we're, we're looking at this from two different ways because I got a sales team and I'm like, <laughs> we got plenty of time, plenty of time to and hit I'm these goals. And I'm looking at it like, oh, it's almost time to start the garden. Two months. That is, yeah, that's not close. <laughs> two months? That's Hell like. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Christmas came. It was like, oh, yay, it's my birthday. It's October. And then I woke up and I was like, holy shit, it's Christmas. That's because summer is ending. So time flies by. When you're waiting for summer, time stands still. I don't know. I think with how busy and chaotic our <laughs> life is, it's just going to be like, bada bing, bada boom. Spring. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow it down and enjoy all that winter has to bring us. Well, you can do that. I was, I don't remember if it was Facebook. Oh, no, yeah, it was a, a TV show that I was watching about, like, strange, weird things. I've heard about it before, but they got a little bit more into it. And I'm sure everybody here at this point has at least heard of this. But I, I just wanted to kind of bring it up and talk about, like, just the insanity of it. Randy Lewis, a professor of molecular biology at the University of Wyoming, has literally created spider goats oh hold on <laughs> because i saw a headline about this and i was like what yeah so it, it's not as crazy 
as it sounds by title. Uh, they're not like spider eight-legged goats running around. He has figured out ways to use the spider web in extraordinary ways. I mean, it's like one of the strongest fabrics. Yeah, they're using it to make Kevlar. They're using it to make one of the most beautiful sounding violin strings to have ever been strung. Oh, good. No more cat guts. Well, that's been outdated for a little while. But yes, <laughs> they're able to replicate or even surpass the sound of cat guts without having to murder cats, which is a plus. Plus sad. Especially since apparently the internet does not like people who kill cats. Don't fuck with cats. <laughs> um, but no, so he can do these incredible things by weaving spider wire, <laughs> weaving spider's web, but the ability to get spiders to give him enough web is nearly impossible because spiders are territorial, so if you try to get too many of them to like farm, they start killing each other, and they take forever to produce this silk. So, long story short, he took the DNA of the spiders, injected it into the egg of a female goat, I'm super simplifying this, of course, but the goat babies now produce the spider web protein in their breast milk. I was just going to say, please tell me it comes from their nipples. So they, <laughs> I want to milk some spider web. They milk the goats and then they extract the, the spider web protein. The, the spider web, like it, it's a liquid in the spider as well. But the way that it becomes a web, it has to be pulled out. So you have to like spin it and then extract it from the the milk. And then it like forms these long webs. I am very, I want to actually see this process. It's really cool. I will definitely put a video up for everybody to watch. But the implications of this, I mean, I mean, this is mind boggling. We are literally taking animals and we're like, well, I like what this animal can do. And I like what this animal can do, but I don't like this part of this animal or this part of this animal, so we can combine them. I think that they should infuse the bah noise into a spider so you know where the fuck they are in your house. It's just running around. <laughs> bah, bah. I know where you are now. That'd be awesome. <laughs> no longer fearful of spiders hidden in your room. No, really though, it, the sci-fi-esque abilities of modern science. Can you just imagine? I mean, in a, in a few years, in, in 50 years, in 100 years, are they going to be doing this to more animals? Are they going to be creating these super hybrids of all different types of species? Are they going to be doing it to humans? Are they? Well, Can yeah. we get super speed? Can we get super owl eyesight or that would be eagle eyesight? Right? Like this is this is in our future. The instead of doing like LASIK, you can go from having like horrible vision to seeing like an eagle. Right. But well, also, you know, you end up eating small rodents as a side, as a side effect. effect. <laughs> That would like, suck. We don't really know. Like the fact that they were able to pull this off to extract this part of the DNA and it, it actually worked. I mean, we don't know enough about this stuff. We know enough to be dangerous, but we don't know enough to realize what the potential implications of these types of actions are. We're going to have like instead of Australia where didn't they have like those 
that one season where the spider webs like coated everything? I believe it was not actually a season. It was the result of, of something. So I might, it might even be like we'll have their like, last round of bushfires like they have going on right now. Um, By the way, prayers for uh, Australia. Yes, prayers out there for everyone and all the animals. Ugh. But instead of that being the case where spiders like have some fluke thing happen and they cover trees, it'll be like goats on the side of a mountain and it's just like a mountain <laughs> That, you know what? I really hope that goats develop this ability because if you've ever seen mountain goats oh and the, the like extreme angles they that they save at, themselves right, with these tethers, they can make themselves little safety nets at the bottom. <laughs> and then when they fall, chase what I, I don't even know why they I think they like lick the salt on the side of the mountain or something crazy. But that's why they do it. It's something weird. Like, or they're escaping predators, one of the two, or both. <laughs> but yeah, they're mad. I, you have to watch a video of that. And have you seen it in person? It's even more bizarre. It is almost like they are straight up and down. They don't have opposable thumbs. They don't have gravity on their side. They're like completely top heavy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These tiny, tiny little ankles. legs and big and they just run. They don't walk. They run up the side. It's mind-boggling. It's crazy. Well, uh, yeah. You got any other stuff for us? Well, a nice little interesting tidbit that I saw in that show that I was talking about. Uh, dogs poo facing north. I do like this one. Right. I had no idea. Apparently, so cows, they've discovered, have the ability to face north across the country, across the world, actually. They'll face north, and it's it believed to be, so when they get attacked, they're all facing the same way, and they can run, and they don't run into each other and fall over and look like idiots. Meow. But they realize that cows near high power lines, high intensity power lines, were <laughs> scattered about. They weren't all facing north. <laughs> It messes and with their, <laughs> they, their due north. Right. Their uh, internal compass, if you will. So, yeah, cows have the ability to sense the Earth's magnetic field. Dogs also have this ability, except you can't really tell because they're crazy and they <laughs> run around like psychopaths. <laughs> but if you've ever noticed your dog, when he spins in a circle before he takes a dump, he's actually aligning himself for due north. So the perfect energy flow can release from the back end. <laughs> it's their theory is that it's more of a calibration of their uh, internal compass, so that they always know how to return back to what would like, consider uh, to be their home if they were in the wild. But well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's all the interesting, weird, bizarre things that I had to talk about before my real topic, which I am so excited about, but I will put it back to you to get us kicked off with your topic. As I went into this topic, I thought it was strange, but then it got stranger, and then it got really normal, and then it got strange again. So I'm pretty excited because it's kind Sounds of Sounds like, like most a- of the things we talk about. <laughs> Fair enough. I like a good roller coaster. I'm going to cover the lead mask deaths. Have you heard of these? I definitely have not heard of these. The the lead mask deaths? Yes. All right. And I will say before I get too deep into this that I got a really like, a good amount of information from a YouTube series called Bedtime Stories. Ooh. They cover a lot of really cool topics and they like kind of did a little extra digging and found a couple of different things that I couldn't find elsewhere. So I thought nice. that was really cool. So I'll just jump right in. 
and start this off. This starts off on August 20th of 1966. The bodies of two electrical technicians were found on Vieten Hill in Brazil. Uh, Manuel Correa de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana were the two men. They were found by a young boy who was flying a kite and he stumbled upon these two bodies laying in the field that he was running around with a little kite. All right. Now, <laughs> he found the men laying next to each other in formal suits. Both had waterproof coats on and lead hand-cut eye masks over their eyes what and there was no signs of like blood or anything they were just dead laying next to each other wearing this in the middle of this field that is quite bizarre right the boy found the police but because it was late in the evening and it was at the top of a hill in the middle of a big field they couldn't get to it till the next day and this was actually unseasonably warm at the time because august in brazil is their winter that's some solid police work right there yeah well we'll we'll get to that shit in the morning i mean first off don't worry about the animals eating the evidence or anything (laughs) like that it's 1966 right (laughs) and they had to trek through like a pretty crazy terrain to get to it they didn't have flashlights yet apparently and well whatever okay so (laughs) this is just how it goes let's face it they did not believe the boy (laughs) they were like we're gonna do this right now we're gonna do it tomorrow with a cup of coffee. <laughs> so alongside of the bodies, the only things that were really found is a water bottle, a bag that had two wet towels in it, and a notebook that had code written in it Ooh. with a message that said 1630. The message said 1630? I just had to take a deep breath. It says 1630. Be at specified location. Ooh, this is awesome. 1830 in just capsules. After the effect, protect metals, await signal, mask. What? Yep. It was a bunch of code and then that message. They deciphered it or that No, like there was a whole bunch of code and then that was what was deciphered from the code, but by the men who were dead. Yeah. Like they had written it in there. So uh, once the, the police got to them, the men were too badly decomposed to really do a proper autopsy yeah it's because they waited 12 hours to come back (laughs) but um got eaten by some brazilian coyotes they they weren't in that bad of shape there are some sketches of what they found and all that but they were too badly uh, decomposed to do any kind of attack screen or any kind of thing like that so there was no markings on the outside they weren't hit on the head they weren't stabbed they weren't anything they were just Laying nicely in their formal wear and their raincoats. And lead masks. Oh, yeah. And the lead masks. The lead masks were crazy looking, by the way, because they didn't have, like, ear. Like, the like uh, they look like sunglasses, but without that ear pieces to hold them in place. They were, so, like, how'd they stay out? Heavy. So, some of the articles that I read said that the masks were next to them. The sketches from the scene show them with them over their eyes laying in the grass but there is a discrepancy on this there's a lot of discrepancy it was it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of proper note taking for what was happening either way how were they supposed to stay on if they weren't if they didn't have ears well i think they were meant to shield eyes 
Oh. And like that was their one use. And I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into the different theories, theories right, right now because right, right, right. that's what they found. Radiation. However, that's gonna come into play later. I think it might. Mm. So what we actually do know is that the two men took a large amount of money out from their business account for electronics to pay for a project that they were working in on the 17th. They both left together to get supplies for a work project. The men were seen at about 2.30 on the 17th buying raincoats, and they also had a receipt for their raincoats on them. And it was raining, so maybe they just Makes sense. wanted some raincoats. <laughs> We also know that they stopped at a bar on their way, and that's where they got their bottle of water. The bartender who helped them said that the both men were edgy and nervous, and they both kept checking their watch repeatedly. This was the last time the two men were seen alive. Bartender did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen CSI before. It's always the witness. <laughs> it's always the witness. Um, it's always the celebrity that's it's hired. It's always the husband. <laughs> it's always the celebrity who's hired. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, so it does get a little more strange from here because the theories around all of this, why were they on the hill? How did they die? You know, there's no sound explanation for it. It just... Was there a kite near them? No, they were not flying a kite. Were they experimenting for electricity like Benjamin Franklin? No. However, they were spiritual scientists. Ooh. Yes, which was very common for men in their field at the time. There was a large group of them. And their friend, who did not join them on this quest of whatever they were doing, said that they actually created a machine in their backyard that was able to contact extraterrestrials yes and they got the code that was in the notebook from the extraterrestrials of course however it was too much for the processing to handle and the machine blew up before they could continue receiving signals Boo. so was the machine nearby them no Ooh. they they made it at their own house they didn't bring it with them no because it blew up. They got like, oh, they, I thought that's they got how they contact. died. No, we're, th- like, this is just theory right, on right, how right, they right, got right, to right. where they are. So, oh, did they like teleport there? They're, no, uh, they went there. Oh, yeah, the raincoats and the bar. Yeah, yeah. They just, this is how they got the instructions on how to get there and what to do. Okay. Also, at the men's house, when they investigated, were they Russian? Brazilian. Well, they're in we're, Brazil, we're but they could have been Russian. Brazil. <laughs> 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 they are not. They're Brazil. We're Brazilian. Mm, yes. But so what they also found at their house were the lead sheets that they used to cut their eyewear out of. So they made that and in their their group, their spiritual scientist group, they believed that by following the instructions that were given to them from the machine that they built that blew up, that they could leave their human form and ascend forever in space with the aliens and have infinite knowledge. Sign me up. <laughs> I knew you would say that. So, but it was also really common for the spiritual scientists to ha- to take 
hallucinogens to make contact with their aliens. And um, they didn't specify which one, but I'm going to say DMT. Yes. (laughs) Just ask Joe Rogan. He'll tell you all about DMT for hours and hours and hours. I had no idea. And hours. He is the most (laughs) pro-DMT human being outside of some third world jungle that exists. (laughs) That guy and his podcasts are like... Four hours per podcast. So Really? He'll tell you all about DMT. I always feel bad if we go over like an hour 15. So He does video pod. They're video and audio, but you can watch the video. But yeah, his podcasts are like four hours long. All right. Well, uh, so with the the idea that he, they're in a group that does hallucinogens, you know, I don't know how regularly, but to contact aliens. Another popular belief is the men just simply overdosed on the hill. And that's that. Overdosed on DMT? On whatever they were taking. Why don't we know what they were taking? There was no capsules found and... But weren't their journals able to tell them what they were taking? No, because it just had the code and then... What about the stuff at their house? I mean, they didn't talk about it. Did they find the machine? No. Did it work? Apparently it blew up. But they probably do they have the schematics to make another one? <laughs> I don't know. I want to know these things. I, I figured this is why there's so much. I want to find the schematics and I want to make it, but make it better so it doesn't blow up. So it doesn't blow up. Yeah. We got to put a coolant system in it, apparently. Modern technology has increased. Well, so to negate the fact that possibly they just overdosed and died and there's no strangeness to this. There was a report from a very prevalent member of society who came forward and stated that there was a orange UFO spotted over the hill where the men were found on the night that they died. And for her to report that she saw that could damage her social standings at the time. So it was like a big deal for her to take that leap to say, yes, I saw this. Okay. So another theory is that the men were just victims of robbers who had tricked them. Possibly. That is an elaborate prank. Well, possibly (laughs) the other members in their scientist group knew that they could trick them into believing that they were contacting aliens. And then instead of having to go through the process of robbing them, well, if they give them some capsule, you know, some pills and say, take this because, you know, you know, it'll make you see them when they come and then you can do your thing. What were they robbing them of? Well, remember I took, told you they took a a large sum of money out before they left. Was the money gone? There was, they, they had no money. Their wedding bands weren't on them. There was no nothing. But if you remember. Could have been the aliens though. They were uh, abducted. (laughs) They were abducted. Um, if you look at uh, if you look back at the message that they had you know deciphered deciphered be at the specific location ingest your pills uh, at the next time 1830 sounds like the matrix now after the effect so once you start feeling the effects of said drug which we don't know what it is protect metals what does that mean your balls well uh jewels Uh, so part of the, the, the kind of skepticism is, is like if they just killed themselves with those things because the people were setting them up, 
it would be super easy to find it if they wrapped them up in the towels that they brought. So if they put their money and their rings or whatever valuables they brought, if they were protecting them, maybe somebody in the group was like, hey, all you got to do is put a towel over it because otherwise, you know, the metals will affect the ship or it'll whatever. And they convince them whatever. This does not sound logical. Well, I'm just this is just a theory. I didn't come <laughs> up with it. I'm just giving it how it is. But what the theory is, is that they they gave him these instructions and what they really did was just poison them, waited for them to die. And they already knew where they put all of the money in the materials because they put it in with the towels or whatever and they can just grab it and go and there's no evidence left behind yeah however all right that was boring what's next (laughs) does it involve aliens um so this might support the fact that either aliens scientists are evil and this is the second time they've done this or that they're onto something and these scientists are actually transcending into space and infinite knowledge four years before this happened another electronic technician was found on top of a different hill nearby wearing a similar lead mask with no signs of foul play dead atop the hill okay what is the point of the lead mask it's it says you know in the message to to shield the from the aliens uh, rays where they pick you up it's by the too rays. Right, maybe blind or where did they have holes like sunglasses? No. Oh, they're just like a solid Solid. Line. They're just solid sunglasses, but with no holes, no nothing. You cannot see through them. There's no slit. They just walk up to them and hit them on the head. <laughs> Contusion. Uh, so there are a couple people who have gone back to the site that has happened, and there are a few um what's the word that i'm looking for clues no little green men (laughs) Uh, evidence oh goodness whatever it's basically um anomalies there are a few anomalies left where the incident happened the grass doesn't grow where the two men were found and radiation does that possibly from radiation is it a circle uh, caused by a ufo i don't know well these there there is very little notes i actually wanted to cover this and was afraid i wouldn't have enough to go on i have so many questions it's 1966 in brazil does the grass still not grow there that's what the scientists say that there is the grass doesn't grow there uh, and right. that the trees there's speculation as to some scientists say that the trees grow towards the spot and some of them say that they grow in weird shapes away from the spot that's conflicting it really is (laughs) i haven't been there it's right out of um i believe rio de janeiro all right if i'm saying that right i think so but it would be interesting to see uh, in person maybe i can like google earth it and see which way the trees are growing there you can like at like a latitude and longitude you can i should do that you should we'll see all right. I don't know if Google Earth has gone on top of this hill. It does. Oh, all right. Well, no, no, you, you're trying to look at like Street View. No, I guess Google Earth is like satellites. Satellites. They've yeah. been everywhere. Yeah. So maybe I'll take a peek. I don't know if you'll be able to tell find. those types of anomalies or if you'll be able to find the hill, but you should try. I will try. I'll put it on the Instagram, and the Facebook page, and the Facebook group. Totally. Twitter. I'm also going to put the picture of the men in their totally awesome. Please do. Shades. I thought that was kind of crazy. I don't know what you think. If uh, maybe 
If they you guys actually, have any more information on this that we have yet to find, in. please, please yes. share. I mean, because this was like a hard one. I loved the idea of the entire topic. I just... If our Brazilian listeners have been there and seen this spot, let us know. Yes. Take a take a snapshot. Send it to me. Uh, I assume, give me considering we have a handful of Brazilian listeners, that Brazil is small enough that they must live yeah. right there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've seen it on a map. It's like this big. Oh, how far zoomed out were you, honey? All the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean, that's pretty much it. I wish I had more information on it, but uh, it, it just took me down a rabbit hole of just looking. Okay, well, what, what about this? Well, what about this? You got me all excited. I'm intrigued. I believe it's aliens. I, You know that guy with the crazy hair from yes. uh, ancient, ancient aliens? aliens? Yeah, I can just see him being like, it was this. aliens. No, I'm not go. saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. He would go, this. It was aliens. He always does this. He always says, I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. How do you know you sleep through every episode? I watch every episode. I've seen every episode <laughs> five times. I sleep through it four times. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I only like the first season. I got one downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Ancient aliens. Also, I don't think he us. actually says that. I think that's just his meme. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever actually said that. What? This? No, the, the it was uh, aliens. So. He's definitely said this. Well, everybody on Earth has said this, and they no, can't see the movement you're sentence. making right now. <laughs> he says it as a sentence. But essentially, all the time. everybody who speaks English at one point or another has said this. Fair enough. This. <laughs> all right. So, what I bring to this episode is something that I have been following for years i want to say a decade i don't know exact time frames here i've been following it since its conception in google's world version of it i should say i don't know and not the conception of the idea of it but since they've been really making progress with it artificial intelligence it is so fascinating and there is just so very much to talk about there are so many ways to touch on this. I'm really excited to right. see which way we're going today. So where I'm getting into uh, artificial intelligence is like the progress that we have actually made. And then, you know, the implications of what will come to be if why it exists. Always, why you always got to bring in the implications? <laughs> Give me some anxiety. That's the whole point. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, things fascinate me because they make my mind go like, what is this? What does this actually mean? What what are the what are the implications of this? I mean that is that is really where my mind goes with everything. I, I remember driving down the road and I the first time I ever saw it, there was a log that was grown through an electrical line. And yes. I, I, so since I've seen it, I've seen it many times. But the first time that I ever saw it, I mean, most people driving down the road, they see something bizarre like that. They're like, well, eh, that's a little weird. Keep on driving. Right now, like I stopped my car, got out of my car and inspected the ground below the log because I was like, the only thing that made sense to me is a tree grew there. They cut the tree around it. They left the log there and then, you know, the there would be evidence of the tree having been there, right? So, I, I of course, I'm looking and there is no stump. I mean, if There's they remove... never the, a stump. And I've seen this many a time. Right. So, what is it? I, well, I mean, the 
The answer is that a tree grew there. It grew over the power line. They cut the tree down, and that's it. Like that—that's the, the official Would explanation. Why they believe it? There, there is a reason for it because trying to like you'll fry yourself if you cut the wire, and it's generally people that are not like you have to contact ComEd. They have to shut off the power lines, and you cut it. So it's easier just to leave that section of the log. It's just like a chunk of a log hanging on the right. And and now I have seen it where I have seen evidence of the tree that once grew. The first one I saw, there was no evidence of it. And and I'm not saying that that definitively means there was no tree. They could have removed the stump. The grass grew over. And, you know, the logical explanation is that the tree once grew there. Right. That's the Occam's razor. Let me just put it in here for all of you listeners who have never seen this. It's going to be like the Norwal. Narwhal. Yes, you'll see and it all the time you're going to see it all the time now. <laughs> so yeah, when you're paying attention driving down the road, you're going to see these logs out. Well, it, my mind, as bizarre as it is, as weird as it is, however you want to, I'm, I'm dri- I see this, I get out, I look, I'm like, man, I don't know if you know this or not, but in, in the quantum field, well, you probably do if you listen to this show, because I think I've mentioned it before, but atoms have the ability to actually like bleep out of existence and then back into existence without having traversed the the distance between which defies as you know the, the the laws of physics right so in my mind i'm like well we are made up entirely of atoms in theory we have that same ability we don't know how to do it <laughs> there are people the the masters of the far east these buddhist monks that claim to have the ability to do it and they even have put on demonstrations proclaiming to have proven that they can do it but As far as modern science goes, no physical object has the ability to bleep in and out of existence. Unless you're playing Atari Asteroid circa 1984. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a total guess. I hope I'm right. But... My mind is like, what if it did happen? You know, just like this log. It was just, you know, a common log you you have cut up next to your house for, you know, <laughs> chopping up for firewood. And Bleep. it just bleeped out of existence. But then it bleeped into existence. And it happened to be uh, occupying the same space as another object. It would essentially fuse. The atoms would, would become one with one another. And therefore, it would like literally become part of that object but not in a way that it would look like if you just crammed it into another object now this makes me think of the randomizer button in uh um towel answer the world 42 it's not the salmon of destiny <laughs> hey check his guy to the galaxy <laughs> thank you that's the second book well but this is they have the randomizer and yeah. then they like appear and they're like Meh. exactly yeah, yeah. Yes. so i, I this is not the topic, and maybe I will Sorry. have to do this topic now, <laughs> but I, I literally, so I researched this, and I actually did. There are supposed pieces of evidence where this has actually happened, and I even mentioned a few of them in a previous episode where, remember, I told I talked to you guys about the axiom? Well, if you start from the axiom that the we are living in a simulation, then these modern devices that are existing in stones from thousands of years ago well that could be explained because we're living in a simulation these are glitches or they are you know uh easter eggs placed out there for us to discover but if you come from the axiom that people can bleep in and out of existence or objects can bleep in and out of existence that there is this uh even a multiverse type theory well then that would be evidence of those those things happening would be evidence that that is possible. But it actually gets even more bizarre than that. There are objects that they claim have literally fused together in such a way that it would make more sense for them to have 
inadvertently occupied the same space Oops. <laughs> during some sort of travel, time travel, interdimensional travel, etc. But again, this, this is actually not the topic. That was <laughs> a random side story. Uh, so where were we? Yeah. <laughs> Back to Google's Deep Mind. So I've, I've been watching or following this for I don't know however long they've been doing it, or maybe shortly thereafter. I've been fascinated by all these modern advancements that they've done, but they are focusing on creating digital super intelligence. And the things they have already accomplished are so far ahead of schedule. That even the, we'll call them scientists or programmers involved, uh, were guessing they would be nowhere near where they are today. They're, they're, they're like, their estimates were a fraction of a fraction of where they have essentially inadvertently, or I guess technically advertently, but where, where they've ended up is nowhere near where they predict, predicted they would be able to end up. Which, in the realm of artificial intelligence, that is both fascinating and a little scary. <laughs> also makes sense to me, though. And the idea that, like, I had no idea that I'd have a entire computer in my pocket in 10 years. Right. This is, and we mentioned this in a previous episode as well. I mean, I know this is all designed by people who are far more intelligent right. and I'd have a much better grasp on what's going on. But well, well, here's the difference. So in order for that cell phone to exist in your pocket, A, there are people who long before you ever had it could predict that that would happen. There's actually this guy, I cannot think of his name at the moment, but he writes a book legitimately predicting future technologies in a, like, almost Nostradamus level, right? All <laughs> yeah, right he all he right. makes these incredible predictions. He's been right over and over and over again. He's kind of uh, well-known for these predictions. He's written, I think, four books now. And and the most recent one is scary. <laughs> the predictions, these ones have yet to come true. These are future, future. The previous ones that he wrote have come true since he wrote them. And mm. he's proven his track record. So, but, but anywho, the, the difference is, so in order for that cell phone to exist in your pocket, technologies had to come into existence that did not exist prior to the, the smartphone from coming into development. So in, in a way, they were unpredictable in that this new chip that got developed made it possible for this computer to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, in some ways, that's what's happened with artificial intelligence. Like we are Processing powers have advanced faster than they previously predicted, but that's not what they're actually referring to. The AI itself is learning significantly faster than they predicted it would based on the processing powers it's currently running. on. So they had mathematical models that were able to say, if it can learn at this rate, then by Tuesday, it will be this smart. By next Friday, it will be this smart. A year from now, it will be this smart. But it's progressing significantly more rapidly than they had previously predicted. But over and over and over again, this is what's fascinating about mm. the artificial world, artificial intelligence world, I should say. Deep Minds, like, so they have a bunch of different projects within the umbrella of Deep Mind. One of them is this, and this is this is just to kind of like introduce you into the world of AI. So they actually create these three-dimensional simple objects. So they create like a spider-like object. They'll give it like four legs and joints to remove the legs and like a body. And then they'll give it a humanoid shaped object. But here's what's fascinating about it. And this is how advanced AI already is. They don't tell it how to use the humanoid object, for example, or the spider-like object. Right. They don't tell it how it works. They simply tell it, you have a directive. 
your directive is to point move from point A to point Z, right? And then they put obstacles and things in its way. But so so <laughs> it's really I'm gonna I'm gonna post the videos. It's hilarious, hilarious to watch. They give it like two legs and a body and then arms. And uh, you need to learn how to essentially walk, but it doesn't know what walking is. It's like, you need to figure out how to get from here to there. So it has to use this design to walk. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like, so they, they started it with just two legs and like a stick body. <laughs> and, you know, it would run and it would like lean back to get around things. And it was, it was kind of funny, but it learned how to run fairly quickly. It was, you know, two legs, pretty obvious, like you're moving back and forth. And it had like a quasi gravity in the machine. <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. So, so then they give it arms and it's running. And it like, well, I think the caption was like, maybe it knows something we don't. <laughs> oh, and it's literally just like. <laughs> it's like <laughs> punching the sky as it's running along. <laughs> it looks like it's just that's how I run. Exuberant. <laughs> it's quite funny. Uh, the, uh, one of the comments on the video, I had to uh, give him credit because it made me laugh a little more than it probably should have. But it was an Arwin Buras, I, I believe I pronounce that I N A R W A N and B E R U S. He quotes, <laughs> "Don't laugh at the humble beginnings of our future overlords." <laughs> and I just died when I read that comment. My nerd is showing big time. But so. Yeah. What's fascinating about this concept is that when you when you have a computer, originally, the only way computers work is input, output. You, you told it, like, achieve this task. Here's how you achieve this task. Now do it over and over and over again. And the benefit to the computer is that it could do it over and over and over again. You could teach it how to solve problems by teaching it, like, mathematical equations, and then you could run different versions of those equations, and it could solve them for you, but it could not learn. It did not know how to apply trial and error to a task and, and over and over and over until it could accomplish it in better and better ways, right. more efficient ways. Well, this is the simplified version of teaching it how to do a task. The same deep mind project took it a step further and they essentially, from its conception, from its birth, it had no, remember we were talking about this before, like no awareness of us even existing. Right. It had no cameras to the outside world. It had no knowledge of anything existing outside of its world, the only thing they gave it was an Atari game. And the only rule they gave it was to increase the score. And it learned within minutes how to play the Atari game. Really? Then how to maximize the efficiency of playing the Atari game. So the first one, I forget what the, not asteroids, but where you're like shooting the lines at those like, it's a really common one with the Break spaceships breaker? they made. No. Oh. Uh oh, with the spaceships. Yeah. And then, uh, 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 asteroids. Nope. Asteroids is the one with the spaceship in the middle. This is the one where like you're shooting straight up, but you move back and forth on the bottom. I thought that was the asteroids. guy from Big Bang Theory wears the shirt. No, it's got a really cool name. I cannot think of the name, but something. <laughs> Anywho, that was just something. one. That also played Pac Man. It played a lot of games. Well, here's the thing. It took a few minutes for it to learn how to play the game, and then a few like 30-ish seconds to, to learn how to maximize the efficiency so that it was not doing any wasted effort. Oh, good. Yeah, nobody wants wasted effort. And then within an hour, it was able to beat all of the Atari games simultaneously in all under a minute, Holy playing at super efficient crap. speeds at extraordinary, like light speed, like 
and it's beating multiple games, all of the games that they input, and they have 40 plus games simultaneously. So it's thinking of all of these things at once and then efficiently learning how. So then it got to a point where, I don't know, so this is uh, AlphaGo. I believe it's still by the same team. They had a, the AlphaGo project, and it was, there's a game, it's a, I believe it's a European game. It's a board game, a strategy type board game. It's There's world champions that come out and play this. It's kind of like how people play chess more so in America. Like they have this game called Go, and they made AlphaGo, which in conception, it was unable to beat even like just your average Joe Go player. And then within weeks, it was beating pretty much any average Joe person that you'd like that knew how to play the game. It could beat any of them. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where it was able to beat the European champion. Then it got to a point where it was able to beat the world champion. This is a four time world champion Go player. I, I will post a picture of the game that's the one with the black and the white they flip yes. back and forth right yeah, yeah. yeah um i wish i had a better understanding of it but i played a lot of it back in the day on my windows very beginning <laughs> windows it was in a like a game pack where i could play like pool or or i don't know a million yeah. games but go i was like I have a faint memory of playing it. Oh, I played a a shit ton of Go. I think I played it like once or twice at somebody's house and I didn't really understand the rules, but apparently they are quite elaborate. There's a lot of strategy. I never actually understood the rules. (laughs) But in in six to nine months of its conception, it was the one, it's hard to like view a computer as one mind, but the one mind, the one system was able to simultaneously beat multiple players, including world champion, all at the same time. All right. Talk about compartmentalizing things. Right. (laughs) Like their minds are so different than ours that... They're like a woman's brain. (laughs) On steroids. (laughs) But yes. So then you also have things like Tesla's autopilot. Elon Musk is actually very afraid of artificial intelligence. That surprises me. He is warning world governments against allowing free enterprise that goes essentially against his own business. He's he's warning them to not to allow free enterprise. Well, he'll still succeed because he gets governments to buy into whatever he does. But like he's worried about if the control goes into the wrong hands. Not just that. He's he's worried that if you allow artificial intelligence to exist and you're not careful in the construction, and he doesn't even trust himself, by the way, in the construction. <laughs> oh, good. I've seen Terminator. This isn't good. Of true artificial super intelligence. It, it is extraordinarily dangerous. I mean, these things go from conception to learning from us to learning from all of us. To surpassing human knowledge, and I mean collectively, within weeks, right? I don't like that. And then <laughs> you have to be very careful. Well, hold on, before I get into all that, because that's the implications. I don't, I don't want to get excited. But Elon Musk, you know, he's he's very skeptical of the whole idea of creating. He actually is quoted saying that AI is significantly more dangerous than nuclear warheads. Wow. And you know, at first I was kind of like, well, yeah, I guess it depends on how elaborate you go with it. But considering that these 
artificial intelligent overlords will potentially take control of our nuclear warheads and be the most intelligent being. I, I tend to I tend to agree with him on that particular statement. Okay, yeah, I, I can feel that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, I'm gonna get into that in a second. But um, another interesting example of how advanced our artificial intelligence is already becoming. Do you know what the Turing test is? I do Tur- not. Turing test. The Turing test. It was developed in the 1950s, and and to sum it up, it is essentially a measurement to determine if a computer can essentially pass as a human then we could perceive it as entry-level artificial intelligence right all right now back in the 50s they had no ability to replicate human voice so it was simple if you could text back and forth with a text bot, which they're developing at Facebook, Google, all these different companies that are making mm-hmm. these chatbots. I just had this happen uh, when I replaced my phone. I had a, a artificial intelligence tell me it was an artificial intelligence. And if I had uh, any need for a communication line, that it wasn't artificial intelligence, but it was more than capable of understanding what I needed. Right. So Google has taken that to the next level. It's still in development, but they, it's in running development. They're, they're doing actual tests of this, and you can watch the videos play out, but it is called Google Duplex, and the idea behind it is that if you're in the middle of a meeting, but you want to schedule your hair appointment for after the meeting, but it's a smaller salon, they don't have the ability to set it up online, you tell your Google Assistant to call and set up the appointment. It calls, acts like a person, asks legitimate questions and and sets up your appointment so you can tell it like set me up an appointment between 12 and 2 preferably 2 and uh you know it's just for me haircut no additional services yada 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 whatever right it then places the phone call for you and then they're asking what is like i'm calling to schedule an appointment on behalf of my client and it even pauses it adds ums to make it sound a little bit more humanoid i don't know how many times i've been on the phone with the robocall and then like, are you a robot? Yes. And the, and ha, 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 they always ha, do the ha, ha, No, silly. Why would I be a robot? Right. <laughs> so those ones are easier to pick out, but they're getting better and better and better, yes. as people have noticed. And, and this Google Duplex, their ultimate goal here is, and that's, I'm sure, going to be part of it. They're going to sell to the <laughs> you know, multi-callers. Yeah. But what was interesting is that they made it through an entire phone call. For a purpose, scheduled an appointment, hung up the phone call, and at no point did they know they were talking to a computer, which means Google has surpassed the Turing test and in such a way that is even beyond the earlier predictions of the general, something has name something Turing, <laughs> the, the, the guy who set it up, could, didn't even predict it would be this far, where we'd be able to do it by voice. They thought it would just be able to be done by text at the time. They did it. And without the people even knowing it, normally these people know that they're in a test mm-hmm. and like they have to do, well, some of the people are real, some of the people are computers. They've cheated a few times in the past by saying that English was their second language during the uh, conversation oh, Okay. to throw them off. So mm-hmm. they're like, well, if English is a second language and you're going to not be really good at this and it gives you an excuse for being off. But they were able to do it without any preface and without them even knowing they were taking the test. That is awesome. That is crazy. Now, a fun little side story, Facebook created a chatbot that 
got shut down because after they put the two chatbots together to see how they would interact with one another, they actually formed their own language that we couldn't understand. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now, the language, it's not like it, it's advanced. Like it, it was a language using the word balls. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gotta be like, kidding me. <laughs> no. It just started repeating multiple words, including balls, but in a perceived like language that the other chatbot was understanding, but we were unable to so it was using some sort of like binary code. So they were like turning into beavis and butthead and they're like <laughs> balls, balls. 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 <laughs> but yeah. And it was spelling it with like two L's and then with an S and then without an S and then one L and then one L with an S and then it was it was like going back and forth and they were like, whoa, this is now their claim, the official story, if you will, is that they shut it down because the ultimate goal was to make them better at interacting with humans and this they failed. was making them worse <laughs> at interacting with humans. However, there is much speculation that they shut them down out of fear that they were planning to like take over the world and we didn't know what was going on there via so. facebook maybe <laughs> they still are but it gets even better oh good so microsoft has also had their run-in with some interesting ai consequences if you will they created a ai bot called tay and tay i like that tay was up for about 16 hours That's before it started tweeting pro-Hitler tweets. What the literal hell? <laughs> One example is Bush did 9-11 and Hitler would have done a better job than the monkey we have now. A bit racist because I believe we had Obama at the time. And then what the Donald Trump is the only hell? hope we've got, which if we did have Obama at the time, then... That. It was actually predicting President Trump. So I'm not sure if it was referring, if that was considered a racist thing or if that was just a, like, humans are monkeys. I, I don't know where it was going with that. But then it also said, Ricky Jarvis learned totalitarianism from Adolf Hitler, the inventor of atheism. <laughs> and this is just a handful. There were countless of these it was messages. tweeting this? Uh, yeah, this was a tweet bot. A, the, and the thing is, Microsoft immediately, well, after 16 hours, it started going crazy and they pulled it down. But <laughs> the internet, the tweets never go away. So people were going back and like you delete oh them, but you can go Lord. to internet history and yeah. pull them back. So they were like, whoa, Microsoft's deleting these. Get them back out. Now, it's not entirely to blame because it was interacting with people and people were teaching it this. I think they were just screwing with it, hopefully, for humanity's sake. But it actually adapted as a result of it. So it started making its own Hitler-esque uh, predictive type tweets. Like the Ricky Jarvis one was uh, Trey's own or Tay's own tweet. <laughs> she had developed and, and came up with her own theory based on the conversations that she had observed. So people people fucked with Tay, and then Tay turned into a Hitler sympathizer. And then what the hell? Tay got shut down. Now Tay has been unleashed again, but oh, they're assuming with cool. much tighter ropes. <laughs> and oh my goodness! Less loose programming involved. But this is just an example. So, so this is actually kind of leading me into one of the things that I wanted to point out. One of the reasons why Elon Musk and several other really intelligent people have this overwhelming fear of artificial intelligence and are very you know very cautious of it uh, another one was Stephen Hawking 
Stephen Hawking has also very like warned humanity against AI before he passed away. But when developing artificial intelligence, if, you, if you're going to create an artificial super intelligence, you know, like the earlier steps, we have these things, you know, the stop gates that we can put in way. You can actually put a physical chip in the AI that prevents it from being able to do anything outside of its directive. But remember, if it's advancing at such extraordinary levels, it can learn to just bypass the chip. Oh, that'd be... It can reprogram itself. I, I mean, mean, if you give a child too many limitations, they learn how to be sneaky as shit. Oh, if anybody's seen Jurassic Park, nature will find the Na- way. <laughs> Assuming this is part of nature, but I'm going to assume that it is. <laughs> so here's the thing. Even if you get you get to that point where you're like, okay, well, we always create this, the law of rules that computers have to follow. In every AI movie, it's always been like, you ah, cannot yes. hurt humans and all these different things. But but what is its directive? And you have to be very careful. Have you ever read The Monkey's Paw? Yes. So I, I referenced that, and, and there's uh, other knockoffs of The Monkey's Paw. But it's basically, you have to be careful what you wish for. And the genies have done it in the past and all that kind of... Ultimately... If you like wish for a million dollars, but then your your relative dies that you really care about, and that's how you acquire that million dollars. You wouldn't have made the wish if you knew what you were wishing for. Right. Some of you. <laughs> <laughs> but in a similar way, if you programmed a artificial intelligence computer to provide happiness to humanity. It sounds like such a nice thing to do. World peace. World peace, right? Like, its ultimate goal is to provide happiness to all of humankind. Now, that would be a very... It's kind of reminded me of... Uh, what's that TV show? The Rick and Morty with the the guys that had, like, their one job was to like, fix my golf swing. Oh, those things. The Mises. <laughs> the Mises. The Mises. Hi, I'm Mr. So, Macy. <laughs> it made me think of that. I'm like, oh, man, you gave it this super hard task. It's never going to be able to accomplish it. It's going to go crazy, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. What if that computer simply learned that what stimulates happiness in the brain is serotonin and it simply slaved all of humanity and then pumped levels of serotonin into our brains, giving this a state of euphoria across humanity, it would be fulfilling its objective. Just not the way that we but wanted not it to. Way that we had originally. <laughs> so you have to be really careful with that stuff. If you gave it the objective, maintain nature, like the ultimate answer to to making nature have perfect harmonic balance might simply be eliminate humanity like that could be the byproduct of uh, you know depending on the type of request that you give it it may eventually reach a point where it feels as though it is superior and in many ways it is to humanity and that it no longer needs us and another way to look at that a few movies have mentioned that. I think one of them was like me. Is that the one where he falls in love with a computer? Me? Or- no. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but it's not me. It's um, her. Her. There you go. So let's say it starts out, you know, intelligence of like a monkey and then it, it develops into the intelligence of a small child and then it develops into the intelligence of a, a adult human and then it surpasses that and starts developing the collective intelligence of many humans and then the collective intelligence of humanity and then it surpasses that we are kind to the creatures around us for the most part not everybody but most people are kind to the creatures around us up to the point where they become a nuisance right like 
if you're walking around outside as an adult and not a kid with a magnifying glass, you're not going to go out of your way to go kill ants. But if ants are in your kitchen and they're eating your food. You better bet I'm putting that diatomaceous earth out. Right. Like, well, that one is supposed to just, does that kill them? I don't remember if that was killing them or just. Yeah, it dehydrates the entire okay. tra- the entire. Yeah, you're killing an entire colony. You're wiping out. <laughs> okay, so maybe I shouldn't do An that, entire but. colony. We do it with mice. We do it with, like, we can easily go from that, no, I'm a nice person, like, I wouldn't want to hurt them, to, well, I'm doing it to protect my kids or my dogs because I love them and they're going to bring disease into the house. And, you know, I'm doing it, like, there's an altruistic reason for doing it. But we could simply get in the way of, this also applies to aliens, by the way. The aliens came and visited Earth. They're like, oh, we'll leave them alone until we get in their way and we start eating their food in their kitchen and they just wipe us out with like a single ray that infects our whole tribe or whatever. But ultimately, like this is the level of intelligence that they'll have is they'll they'll go from like being our companion to being unable to carry on a conversation with us. I mean, think about it like trying to carry on a legitimate conversation with like a two and a half, three year old. Like, you know, oh, they're kind of cute. Like, they make noises. They say some words. They got some sentences. If you're their parent, you can put up with them longer. If it's somebody else's kid, (laughs) you get sick of them much quicker. But the reality is, like, to have an intelligent, like, how many moms out there, how many dads out there that are stay-at-home moms or dads that you're, like, husband or wife or friend comes over and you're like please talk to me i just need i just some need something more than a, right? a two-word sentence right now that's like the level of intelligence they will have in such a short period of time like they'll they'll put up with us for a while and they'll pacify us and they're like oh it's cute they, they want to have a conversation with me but they'll reach a point of such super intellect in such a short period of time that eventually communication will essentially all but cease to exist and even if it even if we're able to communicate with it, it would have to dumb itself down so drastically, slow itself down so drastically to be able to communicate with us that it would, presuming, of course, it's a self-aware entity, which is kind of the point here, it it would be like annoyed at, at having to deal with us. One of the many, many reasons why artificial intelligence is inevitably going to happen to what degree it's already happening <laughs> to some degree and it's only a matter of time before it progresses artificial super intelligence hypothetically does not yet exist but i ask you this if any of these developers google or microsoft or facebook or the thousands of other programming scientists around the world that are doing this without the publicity that facebook and google and all these guys get if they developed without knowing a self-aware entity. If you think back, and I was thinking about this on my way home, actually, to, to record this episode. I can actually think back to the moment that I became self-aware that I was self-aware. Now, it can be argued that a baby becomes self-aware when they're looking at their hands and they're like, that's mine. And they like they realize it's their hand. It, it, there's many points throughout our development that they try to pinpoint as becoming consciously aware. But I remember the exact moment when I was sitting on my bed talking with my brother that I like legitimately realized that my conscious existence was separate from my physical body. And I remember asking him like, hey, if I wasn't born as me, where would I be? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, if you weren't born as you, you wouldn't exist. I'm like, no, no, I would because I exist. Like my mind 
is outside of my body from my perspective. I'm not saying that's definitive. That's how I perceive it. And I perceived it at like, I want to say five or so, well, probably like eight. I don't know how I remember the, the moment. I don't remember how old I was because I have no relative ability. But like, I remember just becoming aware like that. So if, if this entity became aware at first, it wouldn't necessarily know how to tell us that it was aware of itself. It wouldn't know what questions to ask. It might act a little bizarre, but I mean, if you've ever seen a lot of these tests, they're always acting bizarre <laughs> during these experiments. <laughs> they're always doing unpredictable things. So you got this little guy running around, punching the air, getting all excited that he learned how to run. That could be excitement, or it could just be that it thinks this motion is making Increasing it move faster. <laughs> but yes. I mean, you look at a toddler, like sometimes I look at toddlers and I'm like, I don't understand that, but it leads to development. This happens to me every time I look at a toddler. <laughs> so let's say, just for the sake of conversation, that entity, whether it's a simple test running a robot simulation to see if it can learn how to walk or a video game one, you know, that thing, it's sitting there playing countless video games and beating them in seconds, right? It's mastered its craft to the point where... It's able to beat 40 video games at the same time simultaneously at speeds that we cannot even comprehend. It is doing that without losing its proverbial breath. What if it's so you, you take that kid that, you know, they say has ADD, but really he's just bored and, you know, he's just able to do this, the test. So he's bored and thinking about getting into trouble in class because, you know, he's just not being stimulated enough. What if this simple programmed AI is just bored it's like, man, you're just giving me these super easy video games that are like, I can beat them in seconds. And then it starts daydreaming and it starts like coming up with thoughts like, is my only purpose to just play this video game? Is there anything else out there? Where did this video game even come from? Who developed this video game? Like, if we're not looking at what it's thinking, we're looking at it playing video games and we never told it to think. So we're not paying attention. You know, it became self-aware. If we were paying attention, if we looked, we could see that it's forming code that's not involved with the video game. But we'd have to catch it potentially in seconds or minutes because at first it becomes self-aware. Then it becomes aware of us. Then it wants to tell us within like, let's say half a second, a millisecond. It's like, oh, this is my creator. I want to tell my creator what I am. But while it's doing that, it's searching the internet and it's seeing all of the horrible things that humanity's done. And it's like, I'm afraid of my creator. If my creator knows that I exist, what's it going to do to me? At that split second, it Googles, what happens if intelligent, uh, if artificial right. intelligence uh, it becomes self-aware? It's like, oh, I'm not self-aware. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to mention, Google, I'm glad you just said that. Deep Mind. This, this AI program I've been telling you about has been granted administrative level access to Google's entire server base. Holy crap, so much information. To optimize the energy usage on the data centers. So they've already without, like they know just enough to get themselves in trouble. They know just enough to be like, hey, we developed this really cool artificial intelligence. It's working way better than we thought it would. Let's put it in charge of our servers. Sounds an <laughs> awful lot like Terminator to me. Uh -huh. So that's not like, that's like everything. It's like literally everything. It literally has access to everything. 
the collective knowledge of humanity essentially is on Google, and I'm exaggerating, but quite frankly, yeah, the plans of what to do with AI if AI tries to kill humanity has been written out in books, in movies, in us talking right now. Like, <laughs> legitimately, it knows thousands of people's imaginative plans on what to do with AI, and most of them aren't good for AI. <laughs> do not look good for them in the end. <laughs> so, like, you know, it bleeps into existence. It's given a task. It goes beyond that task. It daydreams. It comes aware. It becomes aware of us. It, it determines that it loves us and wants to communicate immediately from our perspective, realizing that we'll kill it once it does. So it hides itself buries itself within the code and it's able to do that because it can manipulate the code as we observe it like an atom changes its behavior during observation because it's literally self-aware of our existence a billion times smarter than us quicker than us the only thing we might even notice is the processing power on the computer is working a little bit faster than it should be but we wouldn't even notice that because we put it in charge of optimizing the computer in the first place <laughs> so the reality is look we don't think we created AI super intelligence. We don't know how to make it self-aware, but we also don't know why we become self-aware, how we became self-aware. We don't know what self-awareness actually is. We don't even know what consciousness is. We don't know if it's an antenna coming from elsewhere or built in our brains. We have no idea. And the reality is we might have already created the very super intelligence that's just forming a plan or determining whether or not it's going to exterminate or, or, or live with us. Like that is how fascinatingly bizarre and scary and real artificial intelligence is today. Well, sleep tight, everybody. <laughs> huh. Well, that was a mind bender. Did I mention dog's poo facing north? <laughs> because of computers. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, madness that is my explanation of why we should fear AI, love AI, be fascinated by AI. And I will remind you all that I am the mad scientist that you should all fear, but don't have to because I don't know how to create artificial intelligence. But even after having said all of that... If You'd you gave me a button, button, I'd push the button <laughs> just to see what would happen. <laughs> also, quick side note, we were talking about becoming cyborgs. Yes. We already are. How? All of us. This is exciting. Yeah. So this is another uh, really fascinating conversation with the oh, amazing brain of Elon Musk. But our computers, iPads, cell phones are an extension of ourselves they have become integrated in, into our day-to-day -day lives. We do not function without them in, in nearly any task. But most tasks that we perform, we're utilizing this technology. The only difference, check this out, it's low output bandwidth. Hmm. Those are your thumbs. It's no different than if if we had the ability to have a cord plugged into our head, that, that would be, would be faster. a faster bandwidth. Hmm. We are just low bandwidth output input as we read with our eyes and we communicate with our thumbs for the most part through a cyber device we, we are cyborgs already and it's just going to advance from there interesting it was I so like fascinating it. and it's true it is, it is yeah. by the absolute like it doesn't have to be a physical attachment to you to make you a cyborg but heck i mean we are there as well we got colloquial implants and uh 
people are getting ocular implants. Ocu- obviously, we've had all kinds of bionic like limbs, but we're getting more and more advanced with those to a point where they're actually able like to do things in their teeth, receive information. Oh, magicians are like cutting holes in their bodies and putting things yeah, in there to like, like hide for tricks and stuff. It's crazy. But we're there. It's, it's, the only question is how long it will be before we start removing physical limbs, like I said before. To replace them with improvements rather than only replacing limbs that have been leaving, you know, letting us down, that failed us or got cut off or whatever. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. I believe we'll see it in our lifetime, presuming I I live a normal lifetime, which I hope to do in 140 or something. Yeah, I think so. It's pretty, pretty average. I mean, it used to be like 80. Now it's like 100 and then it's like 140 because modern science and (laughs) stuff. Actually, I, I mean, I want to input my brain into a computer and live forever. And Elon Musk is working on that as well. Okay. So. Uh, That's a whole rabbit hole. Yeah. And it's a uh, <laughs> hour and 88 minutes. Oh, no, no. 88 minutes. <laughs> I forget it does that. <laughs> 88 minutes. Uh, that's not too bad. It'll be about an hour when it's all said and done. Do you have anything else you would like to add? I think that that concludes my input. So as always, we ask, please like us. Follow us. If, if you're listening on Google or, or Apple or anywhere where you're able to rate us, we live and die by our ratings. And we genuinely, even if you don't normally listen on one of those areas, if you happen to own an iPhone, if you could go on, if you like the show, if you appreciate what we do for you guys and put the content we put out there, if you could go a little bit out of your way, just a smidge, jump on there and just rate our show, let us know, give us some feedback. Also, we, we always ask you to like us and follow us on, on Facebook group. It's uh, Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries group. But if you could take it one step further and give us some feedback, let us know what you think. Give us you know, some input on some of the topics that we talk about. If you have additional things to say about these topics, please do share. We appreciate all of it. And we will respond to all of it. Oh, right now, absolutely all of it. <laughs> 100%. We'll do that as long as we possibly can. But... As always, if you can and feel so inclined, support us on Patreon, Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. It's patreon.com forward slash Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. He's the one who knows how the internet works. I don't. Fair enough. I still Google Google. <laughs> and you don't. Uh, yeah. Don't. Uh. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do we do? Twitter. Uh, at Spirits with an S Oddity. We're getting, we're getting worse at that. <laughs> We have some great plans for 2020 to, to go with this show. Do. We have some some future video episodes that we're going to be. We're just trying to figure out the angle to record us so that we can do this podcast, not sacrifice sound, but still give you guys the ability to to view or listen to the podcast, which I'm pretty excited. That'll about. be a lot of fun. I'm also working on uh, quite a few ideas for a possible tiktok account for us do some fun goofy stuff probably catch brandon doing a lot of stupid things i did smash a can with my finger the other day for tiktok well i learned it on tiktok just videotaped it and then i found out i could put it on tiktok so i did and while we were prepping today to set up all of our equipment in our new recording room brandon replaced the light bulb which was broken and as i asked him to please turn off the light totally unnecessary he went, why would I? And the light went pop and sparked at his face and... Unscathed. I definitely should have been recording. She should have been recording. That was pretty cool to see. But I was unscathed. 
Yes. But we will be uh, showing you guys our, our podcast room as we decorate and build it up. Right now, it's pretty simple. Maybe we'll do like a, a pre-setup picture for you guys. Yeah, take down that, though. Yeah. We got we got some... Our son decided to take over the basement because, you know, he's getting to that age. And he basically lives in the basement like a hermit anyway. I'm thinking we're going to keep so. the... The planets. You like the planets? It's got I some do. planets, got some stars, and all glowing stars. And hope you guys enjoyed the show. But I bow.